It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Keeping dogs properly and responsibly. That's what we're trying to do. We can't do it anymore. I was so angry listening to him. A hundred euro is all we'll get, basically, for our baby. Between the jazz and Christmas, you know, you could slip in a bank holiday in, you know, late November, early December. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 Email opinion at 96FM. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, Wednesday the 14th of June. Why do I start with the date? I don't know why. I think it's because the 13th of June will go down in Irish music and show business history. You might have gathered, you might have anticipated if you know me well, and if you were ever involved in the song collector's sessions with myself and Roy and others, you'll know that I am sad this morning. Um, there was a dark cloud descended across me personally, just as a professional, but as a guy, as a man, yesterday afternoon when the news broke that uh, Christy Dignam was no longer with us. And I remember being here when it was announced that he had gone home for palliative care. Was it before or after Christmas? And then we began to prepare the kind of thing we're about to do this morning way back then um, I got to know Christy over the last 10 or 12 years I'd met him as far back as the 80s when I was DJing around the place and I played before and after Aslan at the height of their powers back in the 80s and then they broke up and I met him with Connor Goff and Dignam Goff, one of the biggest things on the local scene here for years and years and years. He was a a very, very special guy. The newspapers are full of him this morning. It's not too many people, actually, who who pass away in this country whose front, whose picture will feature on every front page the following day. The Sun has uh, Life and Times of a Legend inside and tribute says Aslan frontman dies at 63. Picture of that disgustingly good looking lad in the 80s with the leather jacket the long hair how can we forget you says the sun crazy kind of love again the front of the star with a picture of him performing only a few years ago and then back in the 80s and the stuff inside the paper he's on the Irish Daily Mail a true legend of Irish music Christy Dignam dies aged 63 and inside articles Christy says goodbye to this crazy world to me that's 
the headline of the day, I think, from The Mirror and President Michael D. Higgins leading tributes. How many people would Michael D. Higgins lead tributes to? How many rock and rollers, anyway? Irish Independent, again, uh, has him on the front page. A more recent picture and tributes inside the Irish Times, if you don't mind. Such an austere publication of the Times. A brilliant frontman whose life and career were scarred by addiction. Tony Clayton Lee, actually, with a brilliant summary of, of his life and times. Front page of the Irish Examiner has a lovely photograph. It's a lovely one uh, of a smiling Christie in recent years. How can I protect you in this crazy world? Picture taken actually only last year when he was still still recording and still doing stuff in studio. The only paper actually out this morning, I'm a bit disappointed to see. He's on page two. We've lost a man of the people, says Katrina Toomey. But I wonder when they put the front page of the Echo to bed. Uh, I wonder when, because it is the only newspaper today, the only one of our morning newspapers that doesn't have Christy Deaton on the front page, is the Echo, which is quite quite disappointing. He was born in 1960, May 23rd, 1960. His dad used to fix seats in CIE buses the fabric on the seats. He was an upholsterer for CIE buses. His dad was Christy Dignam Sr. and was an opera fan into the likes of Enrico Caruso and John McCormack, the great John McCormack. Christy himself was a train singer. Not many people realise that, but he actually did train. He was trained to sing. Um, it wasn't it, you, that miraculous voice didn't come from nowhere, but he tried to break into the music industry then in the 1980s, the early 80s, with a band called Mila Mila 18. It was never going anywhere with a name like that. And then himself and Joe Jewell got together with Billy McGuinness and Alan Downey and they formed Aslan. They hadn't a button, they hadn't a bean between them. They used to practice their music and write their songs in a place at the back of Dublin Airport, which was literally a disused pigsty. They used to refer to it as the pigsty studio. And they took off. They took off in the 80s. Um, and then it all fell apart because of Christie's drug use and lifestyle choices and all of that. America, America beckoned. They went to America. America wanted an Irish band who could do again what U2 had started to do. It was there for the taking. He blew it, and he admitted later in life that he did. He blew it. The band sacked him in 1988. They split up, got together in the 90s again, and Crazy World came out. And... Then in 2013, he was diagnosed with with cancer. And that determined everything from then until yesterday afternoon, about four o'clock, when his lovely daughter, Kira announced that uh, dad had left them at the age of 63. I, I got to know him somewhat in maybe the last 10 or 15 years. He was warm. He was funny. He was profoundly intelligent. He was an incredible storyteller. My God, to listen to Christy talk, either off stage or off mic, to listen and tell him stories of the road and stories of the madness they got up to. The voice and the talent was granted to very few. He had a stage presence and a charisma. You, you can't learn it. You've got to have it. And kindness and decency. And he was, for me personally anyway, he was so kind to my lad I introduced him to James. It would have been about 2017, 2018. He was doing the showcase in 
I think over in Golden Discs, little showcase upstairs, and we were involved in it. And I brought James in to meet him. Um, and gorgeous photograph, which I shared on my social media of the two of them together. And every time I met him after that, or every time I spoke to him, or every time I texted him and rare phone calls, he would ask, how's the, how's the lad? How's the umphala? He was he was a lovely, lovely man. His last time in this studio was in 2019. They were playing the jazz festival. Um, and they were down for that. And there was a lot of press going on. Jazz festival is opening. And the jazz festival press people set up an interview with Chrissy Dignam for us. And I was to have him on the telephone on a Friday. Friday, October 25th. And um, I was to have him on the telephone set up by publicity companies as they do and I texted him the night before and I said Christy I said any chance you'd come across to the studio and he rang me and he says is it you I'm doing I said it is yeah ah jeez of course I'll come over he says but would you send young Buckley he said meaning Roy Buckley to pick me up because the weather's crap and I'm not walking up that effing hill so I said no problem and he ended up in studio with me in October of 2019 Christy, big deal. How is the health, Christy? Well, it's the same. Like, you know, the condition, there's no cure for the condition. So basically what happens is um, when the, the uh, when the cancer comes back, I have to do a chemotherapy. The last chemotherapy I'd done was about six months ago. That holds her at bay for about nine months to a year. Then you still more chemo. But every time you do chemotherapy, you, your cells start to recognise the drug and find ways going around. Yeah. So you have to find a new chemotherapy. So you're kind of battling all the time trying to keep ahead of it when I asked the doctor he says no he says they'll never find a cure for yours because it's not like a tumour where they can home in on one particular area because it's in me bone marrow it's everywhere you know? yeah I gotcha when was the last time you took a drug Christy? oh Jesus about half what time is it now? <laughs> <laughs> no um, the last time I took an illegal drug was 10 years ago maybe years ago. but um, I'm taking so much tablets now it's, it, you know yeah. for years I was running around buying them on the street now I get them legally they nearly destroyed you yeah they nearly destroyed the music yeah yeah. well you do I mean if you if you, if you get involved with drugs it does that's what it does you know it destroys you and it destroys everybody around you you know it mm. nearly destroyed the band at one stage you know so yeah, they kicked you out didn't they yeah yeah that, again when you're when you're using drugs that's your priority you know so mm. I wasn't turning up for rehearsals and I wasn't writing songs the way we were we used to you know I wasn't I didn't have any input and the band just had enough at one stage you know I was, I was in a raid up in Dublin and it was all over the newspapers and that was the last straw. That was the last of it. You hit rock bottom with, with the drugs and, yeah. and then the, as Landmark 2 got yeah. back together, fixed all those friendships. At the moment, we've never been more successful than we are at this moment and I can't believe it. When you first came to Cork with yeah. This Is, you yeah. turned up at an open air gig in Lee Fields and the right. whole place sang it back at you and you went, oh, geez. Yeah, that was the biggest, um, you know, that was the transformation for, for us. It was the biggest gig we'd ever done and we'd come down to do the Lark by the Lee um, and when we played that song, like there was 15,000 people singing it back to us, I couldn't believe it. It was one of the best still a highlight of me whole career that and Cork is always I, I know I say this and I know it sounds a bit I try not to be patronising mm. but it's always held a special place in my heart through thick and thin through yeah. the good times and the bad the missus has stuck by you yeah 
I don't know how. I really don't know how. Just you know, it's just it's it's not it's not so much the stuff that you're doing, or it's just that you're not there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just even when you're physically there, you're not there. Yeah, but most of the time you're not even physically there because you're out running around looking for drugs or looking for money to buy drugs or whatever. She's been a rock. Anybody who whose life is affected by addiction, there's a reason why it started, yeah. and you've been very open in the book about where you think. Yeah. It stems from. Yeah, well, there's, there's no, there's no way definitively known, you know, why you became an addict. But I do remember, you know, growing up, and I, I talk about it in the book, with just this hole inside me all the time. And it happened, it started from the day I got, I got sexually abused when I was six years of age. And that's when it started. I remember getting that feeling, that dark feeling over me and just being secretive because obviously the, the guy who, who, who molested me had told me not to tell anybody so yeah. you knew you were after doing something wrong and yeah. like that, that moment my life changed, you know. I went to a place called the Rutland Centre in Dublin which was like a, a, a rehab, drug rehabilitation place and when we were going through treatment, it was a six week treatment and nearly everybody on the fourth week they'd have this epiphany and you'd be on a group therapy and you'd be talking about say, when my dad used to come home on a Friday night and he wouldn't be any money and he'd batter me, man. You could nearly see why they were addicts, you know. And I used to be thinking, geez, nothing happened to me, you know. Yeah. I had a brilliant childhood. So I, I visited my parents one day and um, I was in and I was trying to explain to my mum and dad why, why I thought I was... I said to my ma, I said, look, maybe it was something that happened to me when I was a child. I don't know. And my dad looked at me kind of... Uh, and it was kind of are you saying we didn't love you enough you know and, and I, I said oh, no I'm making it worse and I, I was kind of getting upset then because I was making the situation worse but when I left the house that day I looked at the the, the hall door of the guy who molested me and it just all came back to me then could you at one stage have been a homeless statistic as well oh, if I was homeless were statistic you? at were one you? stage yeah. Yeah. I mean um, you were saying that about my wife I woke up one morning and uh, I came downstairs and the two, uh, my car was smashed, all the windows were smashed and her windows were smashed and somebody had poured acid over the paint of the two cars. So she was screaming at me and, you know, and I said, look at Catherine, I said, don't blame this on me, you know. And she's a hairdresser. And she says, you think I'd done a perm? And that's the consequences of it. So basically, what had happened was, I'd, I'd annoyed somebody and he'd wrecked, he'd wrecked it. So she threw me out that, at that stage. So when she threw me out, I ended up couch surfing for about six months. And then I ended up in Ballymun Flats. And I was living on the sixth floor in Ballymun Flats. And at one stage, it got so bad, I, I threw a penny over the, over the balcony and I counted how long it took to hit the ground. And I said, look, if you throw yourself off this, all this would be over, all this pain would be over, you'd be stopped haunting people and all. So it got to that point, and I knew that if I didn't do something then, I was, I was gone, you know. We've got dozens of people living in tents around the city here, hundreds yeah. of people homeless, children, the whole thing. A lot of addiction out there, a lot of problems. Do you think the authorities get it? No, see, you know, we live in a society that doesn't care, you know. When you look at Ireland, the size of it, we five five million people or whatever. For an island the size of ours with the resources we have, we shall be one of the richest countries in the world. And nobody will do anything about it. And the status quo will remain. And that's why there's homelessness in this country. And that's why there's massive addiction in this country. Because the people in power don't really care. Right. Christy, let's come back to music. I'm going to be playing Crazy World before you leave us. Talk to me about that song. That's become your yeah. anthem. When we split up, um, we split up for a couple of years and when we got back together again, I'd come back from New York and we had two weeks to rehearse. There was a one-off gig I was doing with Aslan. So, 
in the first week we rehearsed the set we were going to do and we had a week rehearsal then we said come on we try and write something and Crazy World was the first song we wrote when we were in that period but the funny thing about that is when you release an album you need three singles as you know right for to promote the album so what you what ideally will do is release your worst single first and that'll maybe go top 30 your second best single second that'll go top 20 and then your best single third and that'll go into the top 10 there was a song called Rain Man, Where's the Sun, and and, go, and uh, Crazy World. So we thought, well, Crazy World is the crappy single. We'll throw that out first. So when Crazy World became a big hit then, I was saying, well, if you think that's good, wait until you hear Rain Man. And we released Rain Man, and it I died. don't think it sold a copy, you know. <laughs> After all the years I've been doing this, I still haven't a clue what makes a good record, you know. Because yeah. you never know what's going to connect with people, you know. Christy, take care. Thank Christy you, Diggins, thank you so much for coming in. He was brilliant. And I will play um, Crazy World later. Um, that was from October of 2019, which was the last time that he was in this studio. And I think it was it was the last time that I saw him. Uh, we were supposed to meet again in early 2020 at a song collector's gig. And, of course, they got kicked to the curb because of COVID, and I, I, I never actually physically laid eyes on him since. And we chatted on the phone once or twice, but but and texted once or twice. But uh, yeah, uh, he was he was a gem. He was an absolute gem. Was our Christy Dignam? But the 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 other song mentioned in that interview was "This Is," and I have a personal story back in the eighties when we were DJing here on the pirate stations. Doesn't matter which one, I was on two or four of them, but I was going in on a Friday, going in on a Friday to Golden Discs on Patrick Street. Not where it is now, it was across the road, a much smaller one. And there was a girl in there called Michelle. If you're listening, Michelle, you know who you are. Um, and she would keep records for us DJs who were coming in on a Friday for both the nightclubs we were playing in and the radio stations we were working on. And she said to me, she says, I only got three of this. I've no idea who they are, but I think you like it. And she put it on the system in the shop and I listened to This Is and I thought, what? Uh, and I said, who are they? She said, Aslan. I never heard of him. I don't know who they are. They're from Dublin. I said, right. And I think he's called Christie. I said, right. Play it again. Play it again. And I brought it over to the radio station and we did what we call Cart It Up, which was you put it on a, on a little replay cart and we started to play it. And... It became a massive hit on the pirate stations locally. And then Lark Weatherly came. And I was down there that afternoon because I was wanted to see them. And they were like way down the bill. I can't remember who was heading it. They were way down the bill. And 15,000 people on a bright sunny afternoon down by the side of the River Lee. And they started This Is and the crowd sang back. And, and what a moment because there was nobody playing it. It was very hard to get airplay for the song, but we played it. And there was a massive, massive response. And Christy never forgot that moment. Uh, it was, um, it was lovely to hear it said back afterwards. This is Hamaslan from 1986, Cork's 96 FM. I was lucky enough to see them perform in Rosie's in Carrigaline many years ago, says Mags. Hands down, one of the best gigs I've ever been to. Unique talent taken far too soon. What a band, what a legend, says Mark. Legend, uh, just a privilege to have seen him seen live on many occasions, says Keith. Uh, we'll talk more about him in a sec. Where did you see them? What's the most memorable 
Aslan or Christy gig you can ever remember. I'd love to know. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Quartz 96 FM. Oldies and Irish on Quartz 96 FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Cork Simon. Do you want to leave a legacy to the city you love? Find out more about leaving a gift in your will at corksimon.ie. Cork's 96FM. Chrissy Dignan played Cork hundreds of times. And not just with the band, but... With Dignam and Goff, with Conor Goff back in the early 90s, people remembering Christy and Conor playing in Nancy Spain's in Barrack Street, and they played barefoot. That's right. That's right. Brilliant, says Brian. And my, my, my pal Colin was a particularly huge fan of, of Dignam and Goff. Somewhere buried in my attic, I have an old tape of Dignam and Goff playing. I think it might have been in Nancy's. But they were. F- but then in, in latter years, he regularly came back to Cork with Joe Jewell, his, his great old friend, um, to headline the Song Collectors Sessions. It was an idea put together, the Song Collectors, by Roy Buckley. And uh, Roy joins me. Christy, you got to know him very well. He was a special fellow. How did you get him to Cork to do these in the first place? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How's it going? Very well, sir. Um, Oh, well, look, first of all, yesterday was a very sad day for Irish music, PJ. Um, yeah. Christy was one of the all-time greats, and there's no other way of looking at it. He certainly was. Not just because of the quality of his voice or how he held an audience, but, I mean, you you were there with us loads of times where he would never refuse a photo or an autograph. He talked to everybody. He was really a, a larger-than-life character, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, how, how he came first was... I was playing the Christy Hennessy Festival in Tralee uh, through Francie Conway and Christy and Joe were on the bill and I had met him loads of times over the years through mutual friends like Dave Brown from the Black Donnellys and people but we got chatting about the song collector idea through Francie and um, uh, Christy said you know me and Joe would do that acoustic um, uh, gig for you if you want us to d- come down you know so I'd love to have you down like uh, loads of times mm-hmm. um, and he did and, and they came and did it and you know PJ you, you were guaranteed to sell out every time um, with, with Christy coming to town he was yeah. just he, he was world class you know like there's no way around it he was just one, one of the one of the greats you know um, his ability with a crowd to, Roy when you see him up close and some of the venues we would play with the song collectors were really small and thinking of, of tears in Fromoy which was one of the greatest moments I ever saw where he came down off the stage and he sat there was a, a bunch of women sitting having a drink enjoying the night out singing along with Crazy World and he picked up the microphone he came down and he sat with them on a spare chair and I think they've never forgotten it to this day his ability to hold a room in his hand. 
He was amazing for that pitch. He, he he was a rock star, you know. Loads of times when, you know, there'd be people up front um, with their camera turned backwards to get a selfie with him, and he'd lean down into the photo, and, and he loved it, you know, uh, the videos. He, he would play it up a little bit. He was, uh, he was a rock star. But on your point, there there were so many times, like, with with those intimate gigs, there might be there might be two hundred tickets or four hundred tickets. It wasn't uh, massive uh, concert halls or anything that Christy would come and do with us. But um, I used to love looking around the room and seeing everybody's eyes just fixed on him. You know, he'd he'd um, great stage presence. He was um, able to command the room mm. just with his voice and his movements. You know, he was he was. Um, he was he was certainly uh, will will go down in history as as you know one of the greatest to ever come out of Ireland as a frontman as a lead singer as well you know mm. he was a uh, he was he was uh, certainly a, a showman you know you you had an opportunity I think to get to know him a little bit personally and you you visited him once or twice in the house when was the last time you spoke to him um I'd say around November. When the news came out that he was um, he, that, that he was after having treatment and everything, this is before the news broke about um, he was going care. home for palliative care. Yeah, because um, I I knew that the Aslan gig had been rescheduled for the 18th of March, and I was you know going to try and get to that gig. Well, I was messaging him, and then we were on the phone for a while. Um, I that that's what I'll miss as well. I loved chatting with Christy about songs and songwriters and mm. just the music industry and 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 the love of music. Um, but we had a long phone call. Um, you know, and it was lovely. I got a text off him afterwards saying I always enjoy the chats. You know, yeah. and I think that's the last correspondence I have with him. You know, yeah. but he was um. No, like we, we, you spend ages, even after a gig, you know, hanging out and um, you know, chatting, just talking, and he'd a lot of insight and and he was great for advice as well. Yes, uh, like I mean, where was his time gone with the industry? But you know, he he was he was always there if you needed him. You know, he was yeah. a good guy. Yeah, all right, he was just certainly a good guy, and I thank you for introducing me to him and allowing me to get to know him. That it's bit that I did. Roy Buckley, founder of the Song Collector Sessions, which will be back. At some stage, very, very soon. Thank you, Roy. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Your particular memories of Christie? I, I'd love to hear them. I really would. Saw many times. Superb band. Christie was a unique talent. We'd a lock in one night in Yall after a gig, a fabulous night in the Walter Raleigh Hotel, and they had great time for their fans and appreciated us all. Simon Murphy's Rock. You were the MC. I remember that. Thanks, Patrick. Tearing your college with the Coronas. They stole the show. His presence and his voice fell in love with the band, says Declan. Saw him in the old oak. He used the barefoot and climbing on pillars and poles, swinging out towards the crowd. And during This Is, he used to almost act it out with those hand gestures. Yeah, the gestures, the microphone, the hand, it was all part of it. Uh, about 25 years ago, I went to Santa Ponza. I was 18. I was on the phone to a friend and told him Asland were playing in a bar here tonight. He told me, go, they were fab. I'd never heard of them. I went and I loved them. I'm now married to that friend, and we've been to see them many times together. We were meant to go and see him last week in Cork. He'll be sadly missed by both my husband and me, says Sarah. And your memories are just pouring in. Never forget seeing him in the castle in Glenmire, Christy. Uh, rest in peace, says Alicia. In the penny farthing in Finglas back in the 90s, he played in his bare feet. A legend, says Yvonne. And they are coming in. Your memories, 0818 96 96 96 083. 
Wasn't that the thing, though, Antoinette, about him? That, you know, he could do it live. The voice live. Yeah, he sounded the same on a disc as he did live. Well, probably better live. Yeah. To be honest. Like, he always included the crowd. Mm. You know what I mean? It was... He was a people person. Yeah. So he had to get the crowd going to get the atmosphere going. You know, he was just unbelievable, like... One of the first songs, like as I said in the summit, was This Is. Yes. And he was there, like, with the, obviously with the microphone in his hand, playing with the lead, That's wrapping right. it around his wrist, 
and doing all the, the thing. And I never saw him use a radio mic, actually, even though um, people modernised no, radio mics and headsets. I think it was because of this is... Yeah. That he, because he used the thing to basically say, like, he's wrapped up. He's wrapped around his head. It, and yeah. his neck and around his back and everything. Was yeah, gr- it was yeah. unbelievable, like... <laughs> no, but, like... You know, obviously when we were fundraising the last time, mm. I got in touch with them and they, they gave us tickets that we could raffle off. And, mm. you know, it's memories like that that Jeff, Jeff people will remember. I did. I met him in, well, it was the Crow's Nest at the time, it's probably now in now. Mm. Um, about 14, 14 years ago. Mm. He was down here, he did a gig in there. Yeah. And we were outside and obviously because I'm a dub, I have to go over, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had a great old chat with him and Billy and um, the rest of it, I can't remember that name. Joe, now. yeah, was yeah. Was that was yeah. the yeah. And oh, do you know what? They're absolutely even there, like, it's only a small little pub, that's right. And just everybody put, was just they they're put, just unbelievable. They put the same effort into it in the tiny pub as they it didn't matter where they were, no. No, the same effort went in everywhere. Yeah. Antoinette, we've lost one of the greats. Thanks a million for your for your memories this morning. The Castle in Glenmire Pass. Morning. Morning, PJ. What, a, what a show he could put on. Uh, do you know what, new PJ? Even I said before I got married, I rarely heard of him. Yeah. But my my wife was just in awe of him. So we went down one night. He was in Glenmire. And I said, I go down. He was in kind of an open top truck. To go. <laughs> PJ, the rest is history. I actually shed a tear yesterday Yeah, when I heard it. I know it was coming down the track. It's just a little shock. Oh, it is. It is. And you were, you were on there about um, the Guinness Jazz Festival. I think it was 2019 in, in the Opera House. The Opera House, yeah. They did we, the Jazz Festival twice, yeah. actually, but the Opera House was wonderful. We, we were upstairs, TJ. There was no one using our seats. Yeah. And your man, Billy, he was claiming the curtain with the guitar. <laughs> TJ, <laughs> I've never seen... like. They were so, so good uh, live. They were. They were. Oh, you know, they were unbelievable. Like. Anybody who knows me, Pat, knows that my all-time favourite frontman and no one in my mind, no one will ever come anywhere close to uh, Freddie Mercury for me as a frontman. Yeah. But the second on my list, if I had to write down a list, would be Christy Dignan. Like, as I said to you that while ago, I know it's, it's a bit off the cuff. Jackson to America and Dignan for Ireland. Oh, what a megastar. Yeah, he was. He, he was and Look, and he, he, he admits straight away it was because of his own lifestyle choices that they didn't become yeah. as big as you two. And, you know, if, that's... If not bigger. If, if not, not bigger. bigger. If not bigger. And he always but talked about it later on. Great, great memories, PJ. And, and, and a gent. And, and PJ, your trigger was brilliant this morning. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you for that, Pat. Yeah. I know, PJ. Thank you. Liam. Liam, where do you uh, remember? Oh, you were at the Lee I, Fields. I was. Uh, it was actually my first ever proper concert I went to, and they were actually playing when we arrived, and I it blew my mind absolutely. Yeah. So um, I can't even remember who was the headline that day. I can't remember who headlined that day, but they're the only ones that I remember. They were they were toured on the bill. Yes. So yeah. I, 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 as far as I know, it was our first time playing outside of Dublin. It was their so first big outside Dublin, it was, yeah, it was. It, I, I think it could have uh, been Chris DeBorg or someone was headlining that day. No, it wasn't Chris DeBorg. Uh, um, Somebody would have he, played, he played the year before or the year after or something, or yeah. maybe later that year, but he didn't play that day. Yeah. Um, Cactus World News and Light and Big Fire. There was four yeah. concerts, I think, oh, that year, yes. and there were some brilliant bands that just faded away. 
But they are, they are the one that I remember, one of the ones that I remember. Yeah, yeah. So, and he, 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 telling that story of turning around and, and singing This Is and the whole place singing it back. Yeah, uh, uh, I, uh, I remember like it was yesterday. I was, I was 16 years of age and as I say, it blew my mind. Yeah, you, two so, were, you two were down there in 85. Uh, no, I wasn't actually there that day. I was, um, I was uh, somewhere else. But, um, we're, we're trying to... We're I, trying I, to I, as I was saying to my wife last night, Bono couldn't hold Christie's course. There was no comparison. Yeah. Bono was all show and all special effects and all that. But when Christie walked on the stage, there was no comparison. I've seen him, I'd say, eight or nine times yeah. in total. And I actually saw him in... Um, in the city hall the night before Michael Jackson played, and he was head and shoulders above him. Yeah, I know he was remarkable. He was. Uh, he should. Did you ever meet him? I shook hands with him the last time I I went to see him was in Ballinhasig. Actually, my sister actually won the tickets on on ninety six FM. She gave them to me because she knew I was a fan, and I was right up in the front row. And he actually, I actually shook hands with him yeah. while he was playing. So. I was joking with my wife at the time that I was never going to wash my hands again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. He was just, uh, he, he was magic that way. Liam, thank you very much for that. With more coming in. PJ, the best concert we were at was on the beach in Ardmore. The band Facing the Sea. Best ever. Went to see him many times. But that was the best ever. Loved him. Rest in peace, my hero, says Martina Hogan. Bantry Hotel about four years ago. A very intimate gig. Christy gave us drumsticks. Our son was a drummer with the Clonakilty Brass Band at the time. That's from Pat and Jennifer, listening by the pool in Bulgaria. You can do that. Just bring the app with you on holidays. Saw him the castle at Glanmire many, many times. Uh, I met, met You met Christy here outside the radio station, Hi. Sandra. Hi. Yes, hi. Yeah, I was passing, and he was coming out. Yeah. And um, I just said hello and got a picture and that. And it was like, as if he knew me all his life and I knew him. It was, he's the most genuine, lovely guy, I have to say, in the music world. No, I know there's a lot of other lovely, genuine people out there. But it was like just meeting somebody you knew all your life. Yeah, that was the you man. Know, You're right about that. You, you, you were the only person. There could be a thousand people around, but when you shook hands with him, it was like the only person in the room. Exactly. Because, you know, he was actually rushing over to the opera house at the time. He, he, I think he was after coming off the radio. That's, that's the, I think that's the interview I just played back, actually, yeah. And um, that would have been about two years ago, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, 2019. 2019 yeah, COVID. that would have been it, yeah. And, and the lads are saying, come on, come on, we're in a hurry. And he, he, he wasn't in a hurry. Yeah. You know, he, that, he, like he just was talking and saying, oh, yeah, you know, I you know, he was actually laughing. He was talking about horses. He was looking for. Uh, he was actually looking for a horse for his daughter or his granddaughter at the time, and he was saying to me, "Would you know anybody with something good?" And I was saying, "Yeah." And he took my number and contacted later on, and I, you know, we had something from or whatever. Wow. And that's actually, you know, that's how it started. And like as I say, a lovely, genuine guy. He was. He was. Lovely. You know, as I say, it was somebody I knew forever. That's right. From meeting him for a minute or two, you knew him forever. Sandra, thank you for that. 0818969696. Christy did a cover version of Greenfields of France. Well, it wasn't a cover version. I don't think he ever actually recorded Greenfields of France, but he sang it on the Late Late Show with Finbar Fury, and it went down as a, 
a great moment in, in television. So he used to do it live then. And uh, he he did it at the Marquee in, in 2019. And this is just, we'll just finish out on this. And I might play Crazy World later. And I will come back to more of your memories. Like Caroline saw them in the Lee Fields. Best gig, best band I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, everyone's... Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm sad this morning and we'll come back to it if we need to. But he had this amazing stage presence. And I was at, I was at this gig in 2019 with my wife and with our boy. And Christy did Greenfields of France. And this was a master at work with his crowd. Just, 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 just a minute long. Just have a listen to this. Christy Dignam at the Marquis in 2019 with the Green Fields of France. We'll take more of your memories during the morning if you have them to share. We are back with our friends at the Everyman for another day. You need to tell me who this is. Anyone is feeling anxious or worried or even if you just want to chat, please, please do not come crying to me. And we will send you to see a show and dinner. We're sending you today tickets with four tickets for Potted Potter, which is coming in the summer season at the Everman, and pre-show brunch at Greenwich. You need to tell me who is that. Hint, she was on the show yesterday. Anyone is feeling anxious or worried, or even if you just want to chat, please, please do not come crying to me. Her name and yours, please, to 083 396 Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Quartz 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969 9696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Yeah, our Ibiza giveaway continues. We'll send another qualifier forward to the draw between 11 and midday today. You're listening out for this. That's today's tune. Joel Curry, head and heart. Guaranteed to play that. Between now and quitting time, most likely, most likely, around about half eleven. But then again, I might change my mind. So I'm, I'm odd like that. But that is coming up. And speaking of holidays, 
as happened there a while ago, people were sending in messages about Christy Dignam from the pool, beside the pool in Bulgaria. No, we're not jealous at all, lads, not at all. If you are going on holidays, one of the most important things to have with you is the 96FM app downloaded into your phone now so you can listen to us when you're away. But then again, you might be held up by strikes, air traffic control strikes, you need travel insurance, and are you taking a new route out of Cork? We'll, we'll have a look at those things later, particularly the strikes. What happens to you if there is a strike in air traffic control and it affects your flight? To what are you entitled? Because a lot of people have already been inconvenienced so far and we're only a week or two into the peak holiday season. Catch up with that in this hour to come. But first, to uh, more serious matters. And a sad story emerged last week. Um, a woman with cervical cancer whose lawyers had pleaded with the HSE to have her case settled before her death. Well, she has died without that happening. She was 59. Uh, the case was over the alleged misreporting of her cervical smear slides. It was due to go to the High Court for trial in July. All of the claims being made are denied. In the court last week, Judge Paul Coffey said that they now find themselves at the edge of what the law can do. And it was a case where common decency and honour became involved. That's a very profound statement by a judge of the High Court. He said, look, I've done as much as the law allows me to do under the circumstances. Uh, so... Maybe a bit of common decency and honour should be where we go now. And that didn't happen. And the woman, we're not allowed to use her name by order of the court. And that order remains in place, despite the fact that she has passed away. Uh, into Councillor Emer Tobin is following this one with great interest. Emer, good morning. Good morning. Good to speak with you. <laughs> the, I thought the words of the judge were very, very, very strong. It was a case where common decency and honour become involved, but they didn't prevail, did they? No, um, they were very profound words, and I suppose they, they reflect what a lot of people in this country must be feeling um, as they listen to the news that a, another lady has literally lost her battle, um, uh, and she's contesting this, this issue from her deathbed. And it really, I suppose, lays bare... The, the inhumane manner in which all these cases have been dealt with, the the fact that the government and, and ministers of health before and current haven't, um, you know, stuck to their promises, haven't done what they've said they've done, uh, that they would do. And, uh, you know, obviously when you hear the horrendous news that you have cancer um, and that mistakes were made and information was withheld, it is just incredible that, um, you know, that these women and their families would have to go to court to try and get some level of accountability, to get an apology, and that this is literally denied them um, on their deathbed. And, you know, the, the Judge Coffey's words, you know, I suppose there, there's nearly a, a sense of desperation, like people, guys, we have to look out and give these women what they completely and justly deserve. Mm. And I feel that honour has been completely devoid um, of, you know, from this situation. Mm. And, and the hardship and the, 
you know, the, the trauma and the whole adversarial aspect of going to court. And, um, you know, it's it's really, really difficult not to be incredibly heartbroken for every single family that's, that's been um, affected. And, you know, obviously, um, we all want to give every bit of sympathy and condolences to this current family that are going through this awful time. And I'm sure it just brings back to all the other families who have been bereaved and denied justice. It brings us back to them all over again. And that's, that just makes it incredibly, incredibly heartbreaking. When we think of uh, the late Vicky Phelan and Emma Vigvalhuna, the cases that they were bringing and they won. This was a similar case. It, the chances are, we can only say that, but the chances are it was going down the same road. Absolutely. absolutely. That was, and and Keanu O'Carroll was her solicitor. And Keanu yeah. O'Carroll was also Vicky's solicitor and, and Emma's solicitor. And, and it was really only going one way. And that seems to be what the judge was saying. Yeah. The, the HSE and the labs involved were pushing back. They refused to settle. And, and then her lawyers asked on a humanitarian basis, would you please give her the right to general damages if mm-hmm. the action... Anyway, it doesn't matter. The judge then says, we're at the edge of what the law can do. It sounds to me, and judges speak in their own language, but it sounds to me like the judge looked down into the court, and I wasn't there, and I don't know if you were, Emer, but the judge looked down and said, I can't do any more. I've done what the law allows me to do. Please sort it out. Exactly. It is up to, you know, each person displaying humanity and honour, because in this case, similar to those that have gone in the past, this woman has been wronged. She has been wronged by the state. She has been wronged in having to endure the process of, of court hearings and putting all her family through that as well. And, you know, it really is, it is despicable yes. that every effort that all these women have gone through have been undermined at every um, point. And all the promises made in 2018, and I have a few words here from um, Bradker at the time in, in May 18. He specifically said on, on the 6-1 News, and I quote, what I propose to do is offer mediation in every case so that women can avoid having to go to court and the trauma of a court hearing. What we will do in this situation is the state will settle and pursue the lab later. So essentially the state will be on the side of the plaintiff, on the side of the woman. Mm. Quotes, quotes, finished. So, you know, these words are very, very hard to read out today because, you know, the, the, the state has taken every opportunity to delay, to block, yeah. to not engage with, with these women. And, and, you know, this is a terrible type of cancer as well. It's incredibly painful. Yes. It's incredibly difficult when, that you know, there's families trying to rally around and support and keep spirits up and, you know, inspiring people to keep asking questions. That was one thing Vic, Vicky Phelan always said, keep asking questions, keep trying to get to the truth. Mm-hmm. And the very same people who promised to assist these women in finding the truth 
have completely reneged on their promises. I remember those words uh, from Leo Varadkar that you just quoted. And, and the only, and he's not here to question him on it, but the only thing I anticipate he would say were he to be here, Emer, would be, well, they were my words on behalf of the state. The HSE and the labs were fighting this case, not the state. But he did say, we'll settle and we'll pursue the lab later. Yeah. And those words were 100% not followed through on. And for, he could for, have, for I imagine, woman. instructed the HSE to settle. Absolutely. I mean, look, we have a bill of 1.4 billion that yeah. the state has paid out to to people who have been failed by the health service. And you just wonder, what is it about this cohort of women who have suffered and endured so much that they are not getting a fair hearing? And their time is limited. They don't have months and months and years and years to follow this through. And that's what makes it incredibly cruel. Part of the case dies with them. When they die, part of the case dies dies with them. I noted as well from the newspaper, Emer, that there were talks as late as last Friday. More mediation, but no deal done. No, and, and they would all have been up to speed in terms of her health. Well, she, she couldn't appear in court. She was no. so sick. So that would would really, you know, it, it just lays bare the absolute cruelty of, of, of the system in this country in dealing with, with cases like this. And, you know, she has got, her family has got no apology. It has just been blocking every opportunity that they are, every avenue that they've gone down to try and find out why this happened, why these mistakes and information were withheld. Like, it's such an incredible situation. And in this day and age, where, you know, government and and ministers talk about transparency and accountability, there's not one ounce of it in evidence in this entire cervical scandal. Nothing has really changed when you think about it. I mean, when you look at all that Vicky achieved if it hadn't been for Vicky turning around and saying you can stick your non-disclosure agreement yeah. where the sun don't shine, sunshine, and she was so determined to get it out there, and I spoke to her many, many times, and I'm talking to also Stephen Teep, you know, um, I knew I knew Irene, you know, mm-hmm. not well, mm-hmm. but I knew Irene, and I know Stephen, and I Paul Dingman here locally, you know, they all mm-hmm. lost they all lost their Stephen and Paul lost their partners yeah. people lost their mothers, their sisters their cousins, their aunties you know, and, and, and every single one of them, this is a slap in the face to them This, this It is, I, I really I, Oh God, there's Emer, Emer's gone off the line there and there is, as I was about to say, there is a High Court judge there's a High Court judge Judge Paul Coffey turning around inside in his own court and said, and I'm quoting from the newspaper, the parties find themselves at the edge of what the law can do and this was a case where common decency and honour become involved. In other words, the judge turned around to his own court and said, very, very profound words, lads, I can do no more. The law allows me to do no more. I have done all I can under the law. And he did everything short of go Please sort it out. Okay, we, we, will we get her back or will we just leave it? I, I, Emer Tobin's line has dropped on us. Back on four, great. What I was about to say, Emer, there was, you know, the profound words of the judge 
come back again. We'll be hearing them in our sleep. And the okay. translation, I've done all I can. My court has done all it can. Please sort this out. Yeah, no, they're very, very strong words. And, and it is, it is, it gives a tiny little bit of, of, of hope to, to families um, whose mothers or wives or sisters are, are in the court process themselves for their own individual case. It, I, I hope it gives them a tiny little bit of hope that there are people out there that do recognise that, you know, these women 100% deserve to, to you know, to, to get the answers, to get accountability. Um, you know, it, mm. it's, it's, it's 100% no less than what they deserve. Yeah. You know, I, I just think one of the saddest things in this country is that when somebody suffers, at the, you know, due to the mistakes or um, failures of, of our systems and that they have to spend the next five years going through um, the courts to get answers and to deal with every, you know, effort by the people who have the power that, you know, go out of their way to prevent and to block and to deny and to reject, that that is an incredible burden for anybody to carry in this country. Um, it, it just adds incredible hardship to, to tragedy. Indeed. And despite, you know, what worries me here is that, you know, Minister Harris, who was Health Minister at the time, you know, he came out clearly said, yes, 100%, we're going to give mediation you know, we had Minister Donnelly back in 2018 calling out um, the, the the Taoiseach at the time and Minister Harris for for uh, you know for for going out of their way to prevent these women getting answers. And he himself has ex- adopted the exact same approach now in 2023. Mm. So it's incredible to see people who at the time themselves were unhappy. Um, with, with the way the, the state was handling this inter- this 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 scandal, mm. and now they themselves are pulling down the shutters, will not answer questions, will not meet with these families. I have been talking to families in the last few days who have lodged papers over two and a half, three years ago. They were told they would get a, a, an answer in four weeks. Two years later, they still have no idea of a court date. Yeah. So all the promises made before were utter rubbish in my book because... There are women still in the system, still trying to get answers. And as I say, there are, there are meaningful and deliberate attempts to prevent them getting their, their, their day in court and getting justice. And that is just, it's, it's just unacceptable and, and, and heartbreaking at the same time. It always strikes me that, and look, a legal advisor has the duty to say to his client or her client, look, we have to push back against this. The ministers can say, it sounds to me, Eber, the ministers can say what they want to say. The Taoiseach can say what he wants to say whenever he wants to say it. But somewhere upstairs is a suit uh, saying, mm-hmm. ah, no, actually we have to push back here. And you wonder then, don't you, who's running the country? If the Minister of the Day can't say, listen, sorry, we're not pushing back. We're not pushing back. I know. I find it incredibly difficult to understand why there's such a level of pushback against, you know, these 200 plus women. I I don't understand it. It it doesn't make sense. The errors were acknowledged back in the day. Um, 
and, and these are catastrophic errors, mm. you know, and we're talking about, you know, um, people literally hearing that they will die in, in, in the months or years ahead. It, it is as bad as you can get. Yeah. And to see this collective effort by those in power mm-hmm. to deny these people answers, it, it is really a bridge too far. It, it, it is utterly yeah. wrong. Yeah. It is the most treacherous thing for people in power to do to, to the citizens of this country. Uh, for me, it is the most treacherous, the most deceiving. It shows no compassion. Do these people have a heart and a soul? that they can allow these women go to their graves and not fully finding out what happened. Never mind even getting a state apology. But that the fact that they would be allowed go through this and the state is, is washing their hands of it. And that, to me, is, is you know, it's unconscionable. I, I really find it hard to talk about it because, you know, imagine for the, 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 the families and, and the women involved how angry and how utterly devastated Indeed. to see this to see this going on for so long. And as I mentioned earlier, there are more women who have yet to go through it. That's right. And they are now sitting thinking, will this be me next time out? And there's no way of telling them that it won't be because nobody knows. Thank you very much. Into Councillor Emer Tobin. We talked about this so many times over the years. But it sounds to me like another case of a minister can say what he or she wants. But somewhere else, uh, a bureaucrat, a faceless bureaucrat or a civil servant is saying, "Uh, uh, 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 uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. And then you wonder just who is in charge. Really, you have to wonder. 0818-969696 because I remember Stephen Teep telling to me many times sitting opposite me here in this studio saying to me how well-intentioned he believed many people to be and how genuine he believed many of the big players here to be. But there was always a pushback. 0818-969696 Can... I'll read it after because there's something... Roadworks on the Ring Road... I presume the Northern Ring Road. It's causing problems because they're starting very early in the morning. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. There are roadworks on the Ring Road, the Northern Ring Road, I'm assuming. Five o'clock in the morning. Oh, God. Five o'clock in the morning they started, and they were doing something with a truck at midnight last night. Give us a break. It's a residential area. There are people in Corriblon and other estates finding it hard to sleep. Uh, we'll need a tent now and go on a holiday to get a bit of kip. I thought it was a, plan, trying to, a plane trying to land on the ring road when one machine started up. I'm not blaming the workmen. It's the people who schedule it. Yeah. On the cervical check, John says this is another example of the government giving out about the way the country is run. They are the elected ones. If there really is a problem with what the civil servants of the HSE are doing, they need to address it, take them on and apply management principles to make sure things happen. Thank you, John. Now, there are strikes in the travel industry across Europe and already people have suffered as a result. French air traffic controllers are on strike Members of Unite 
are on strike in Scotland, uh, airport, Indra Airport, Heathrow security staff, and you could be in trouble with your flight. There have already been cancellations. Uh, Owen Curry joins me. Owen, good morning. Good morning, BJ. Yeah, you've put the uh, outline of it there. Some of the strike problems have been solved. The German security staff struck repeatedly during spring. They got a good pay deal. What happened, though, is other people will look at that. Uh, we've 33 days of strikes planned in English airports and the French air traffic control. They're always can be relied on to do a very quick or sudden series of strikes. Uh, legacy issues there, as well as the big French uh, pension issue that listeners will have heard a lot about. Uh, their legacy issues and three unions competing in terms of members and belligerents and trying to make them heard. So it's going to be, um, as the numbers return to the sky, it's going to be um, prone to disruption. But you've got to put a bit of context on this. We've 350 flights uh, taking off from Dublin today. We've about uh, 60 taking off from Cork. And um, there are there is one cancellation of an inbound. That's really, you know, mm. the, the level of it. Most days go by without a single cancellation. And weather events are as liable to cause a cancellation as a, disru- a strike disruption, although they don't get the same headlines. Yeah. Explain something for me, though, Owen. If there's a strike in French air traffic control, and put this into simple language for the punter, if there's a strike in air traffic control in France, but I'm not going to France, why is my flight interrupted? They won't. It's very simple. They won't allow overflights. That means uh, you're flying to Barcelona. You can, it's very hard to get to Barcelona or Girona without flying over France from Ireland. The French air traffic control go on strike. The airline is told you have to cancel a certain number of your, your flights and they will include anything passing over France. If the strike was in Spain, Greece, many other countries, other countries, other traffic controls take control of the overflights. France say none. We're not going to allow that. Uh, big issue. Michael O'Leary got that 1.1 million signatures for a yeah. petition while looking for a change in this. But the problem is, PJ, it, this brings uh, back the old EU uh, ongoing uh, battle, there's no other word for it, between the Commission and the Member States. Who's, who's going to push who around? And the Commission says, please allow overflights. And the French government says, well, this is a, a local issue to us. We're not going to allow it. And in the current uh, situation with Macron standing up to the unions on the pension issue, it's unlikely he'll pick another fight over something like this. Yeah, yeah, because he's got already trouble on the ground as well as as well as in the air. So if if I am supposed to travel, Owen, and my holiday, the start or the end of my holiday, is interrupted by such an incident as a strike, what are my rights? Uh, first of all, the airline is re- responsible. They, it's not your problem. It's their responsibility. And the, the way it works nowadays with emails and texts, uh, they'll get in touch with you, say, this is your new route. The flight has been cancelled. The airline will get you there as quickly as possible. Sometimes it's the next day. They're not responsible for the concert you missed or the match you missed. So what will happen there is that you can get different uh, travel insurance policies uh, it, 
isn't part of your normal common or garden travel policy that costs about 80 euro for a year um, it covers fairly basic things mm. but uh, the flight disruption is generally not part of it you can get that added on uh, the most one of the companies I saw does it for 17 euro some would do it for a little bit less for shorter term but that's what it's probably you know the extra 17 euro if you've got something if, you, if it's of no concern to you to, that you arrive on a Tuesday rather than a Monday but if you're looking at something very serious it's probably worth having yeah. for a particular event so if I was going you, you mentioned a match or a concert so if I'm going to a match or a concert in, in Madrid on a on a Saturday and I can't get there till Sunday well that's if, if I'm I, my regular travel insurance won't cover me but I might be covered if I have this extension on it Absolutely, get your price back and whatever. And the other thing is, there is particular uh, policies that are a little bit more complicated for weddings because obviously a wedding or, uh, you know, first communions at this time of the year, whatever, uh, they're all big events, big family events. And if you miss it uh, due to flight disruption, the airline isn't an insurer of last resort. They're only there to get you from A to B. And if they've problems doing so that are not of their own making, they're not, you're not entitled to compensation. Uh, You are entitled always to get there this is really important people sometimes forget you're you have to get to that airport not an airport 100 kilometers away they're not going to you know it's not no no use saying we'll fly you to Girona um but sometimes they will bring you somewhere and bus you there we see that happen in weather events even you know from mm. uh you know Cork airport closed people are bussed down from Shannon or Dublin but the airport has to get you to the airport uh, the airline has to get you to the airport you're supposed to go they're not an insurer of last resort car hire hotel all of those extra things that pile in at the end that's what flight disruption travel cover is for I see I see it's worth having a look to see if that is in and it's not it's not hugely expensive to add it's not enormously expensive but it is it isn't the main thing is you know it, there's a lot of things in your common or garden policy nobody reads them it takes probably as long to read them as it would be to listen to uh, the 6-1 news for instance you know by the time you've gone through the 44 yeah, pages even nobody really reads them so the main thing you need to know is that flight disruption is not really part of it. Uh, so do inquire. If you're going to a broker, there's about five big companies that do it. Multi-trip, uh, and, um, the VHI have their own travel, uh, AA have their own travel, the ARB yeah. have their own travel, so um, Aviva. They're all, they all have different uh, approaches to it. Uh, flight disruption isn't normal, uh, but they don't tend to charge an awful lot more for it. All right. Owen, lastly, on a bright note, it's a very busy season, even only a few weeks into the peak of it. It's very busy, particularly out of Cork. We're doing really well out of Cork. More Cork, new routes. Cork is up on pre-pandemic, which is amazing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's more than 40, 45 routes, I think it is, from Cork now, which is fantastic. Uh, Seville, uh, really exciting addition by Ryanair on the Cork, uh, Cork to Seville. Uh, it's not the coastal city. Most people go to Farah and Malaga, but, Malaga, but uh, you're into the heart of a very, very beautiful region, very historic um, part of, of Andalusia there. All of those uh, really interesting uh, additions from Cork and uh, they, uh, well, it, most, air, most airports across Europe, I'm just back from the IATA conference in Istanbul, most airports are running about 90% of pre-pandemic uh, capacity. Cork is ahead of us. So it's going to be a busy season.
season. Don't get too worried about the disruption. Very few flights are affected. The way the French air traffic control has worked is uh, they've got on, the union say we're going on strike. The authorities get onto the airlines and say you have to cancel a proportion of your flights. The bit, uh, proportion is usually about 20% or 33%. So while we lost uh, a couple of flights, uh, we lost one flight, I think, from Cork last week mm-hmm. uh, to France out of all the Cork French flights. It's not a, it's not a high proportion. Okay. And they, don't fret about it. Okay. All right. Owen, thank you. Owen Curry of Air and Travel magazine. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a problem, but not a huge one, is what he's saying. Strikes in air traffic control. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Still your memories coming in of Christy Dignam. Uh, Ardmore on the beach, a few people remembering that one. The Lee Fields, loads of people. We still don't know who actually headlined that day in the Lee Fields in 1986. They were second or third on the bill. We don't know who the, the headline was. And I was there and I can't even remember. They played at Glen Rock in the 90s in Glenworth. Great night out. Brian was in Carlo, in the Woosley Hotel in Carlo. I know it, Brian. He left me get up on the table with him in my bare feet to sing the chorus of Crazy World. Ray says nice tributes today also remembering the great Rory Gallagher yes thank you Ray uh, the castle in Glanmire Clonakilty Finglas everywhere from Finglas to Little Island people remember seeing the great Christy Dignam hard to believe he's gone isn't it that's uh, Christy Dignam, Lily Christy Dignam and Aslan. Crazy World, which was their signature. Pat, you're by the pool in Bulgaria. I'm not jealous at all, although the weather's grand here too. Morning. Morning, PJ, how are you? Good. You saw him in Bantry? Yeah, in Bantry, yeah. It's about four or five years ago. And um, as I was saying, our son was a drummer with the Climate Guilty Breast Band and uh, he gave us his drumsticks. That's the kind of guy you're dealing with. Oh, yeah. Total gent. Total Yeah, gent. yeah. Superman, like, you know, just ordinary but a brilliant artist at the same time. Yeah. Was it a, a concert gig, yeah, in, in, the, in the hotel? It was, yeah, in the hotel in Bantry yeah, and um, just, just um, upstairs in a small little room but um, I suppose a crowd of maybe 50, 60, 200 people but it was really, really good. Yeah, those intimate gigs were fantastic. I mean, that dozens of them. Bulgaria, what's it like out there at the moment? It's absolutely gorgeous. I yeah. Mean, uh, well, you going there for, is it your first time or are you a regular out there? First time, yeah. First time, this is our, this is our second day here, I suppose. Right, right. And what? Uh, we're just get, get used to the place. Yeah, what, what gave you the idea to try Bulgaria? Somewhere, somewhere different, Peter. I see. And where did you fly uh, out of? In Dublin. Okay. And there's a direct flight, yeah. is there? Direct flight from Dublin, yeah. Okay. For three and a half, four hours, three and a half hours. Very good, very good. And the yeah. weather, the the weather is good. And what's the, the, have you had a chance to sample the food and drink yet? We've had yeah. It's, it seems a one. Excellent. All, all's good anyway. And nice yeah. beaches. Lovely beach. Uh, eighteen kilometres of a beach. So there's no ah, chance you, that. You, you'll find space to sit down there. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's find room for a side. We'll try each. <laughs> and you and you brought you brought the app with you, and you were listening to us this morning. And uh, I was. I wouldn't. Uh, I knew you. I knew. I knew you were a body of Christie, So there's no way I'd let that go. Thank you very much. You, you, you put on a great tribute to him now, I must say. Thanks He deserves so all that and more. He does indeed. He, he does indeed. Yeah. Enjoy holidays, Pat. Have a good break in sunny Bulgaria and remembering the great...
Christy Dignam. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Six to nine a.m. on Corks ninety six FM. Went past the board yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah, first time out. Went to Ardmore. Ardmore's in Waterford. Yeah, over the bridge and everything. Deal yeah. that bridge into Waterford, and then the it's bridge like, over troubled waters. Yes, it's nice. Hey, is Cork water not good enough for you? Uh, I didn't realise Ardmore was in Waterford when I typed it into to Google Maps. What brought you down there? I just typed in beaches and it said Ardmore. <laughs> Are you serious? We have 700 of them in Cork. The yeah. Rocky Bay. I thought Ardmore was one of the ones we had. <laughs> You're some donkey. Casey and Ross in the morning. Test drive the award-winning Skoda Enyaq electric SUV at no DC cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Cork's 96 at <laughs> PJ, that was my dad on just there. This is from Jack. I still have those drumsticks belong to Christy at home. <laughs> they never offered to bring me to Bulgaria. They left me at home to mind the dog. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We were talking yesterday about the Leaving Cert Maths Paper 1 in the Honours, which really upset people. Last Friday, and we went through it with Dermot, maths teacher, who said it was a tough paper, which you expect at leaving certain honours level, but it wasn't a particularly fair paper, which you are entitled to expect. And the hope is that when the marking scheme is finalised for leaving certain maths honours paper one, that they will take into account the the catches and the traps that were in the paper. But it led to a broader discussion about exams and results in general. Mary? Hello. Um, Peter, I just rang yesterday when you were talking about the rejects on the exam paper. Um, As you know, last year there was adjustments apparently for the predicted grades that students got in previous years so that you know, the competition for places, there'd be some kind of levelling out and everything. And I'm just saying that just, you know, the evidence I have is that that wasn't particularly fairly done either. I just know, you know, the adjustments, if an adjustment kept the person within the same grade Mm. banned, it made no difference to them at all, to their points at the end of the day. Yeah, this was... Say, like, if you went from 61 to 69... Yeah. You still just got your points for that. Mm. Yeah, this Great. was... And I doubt if they... You know what I mean? And so, you know, that was the response. I think there was a lady there talking about the rechecks. I just know um, my own daughter, like, had four papers where she got 9.6, you know, either 69.6 or 79 points or whatever it was. Yeah. And got them rechecked. Like, that was minute. You know what I mean? It was three marks on a 100-mark paper would have given her or on a 300-mark paper would have given her 1%. Yeah. So she was looking for a fraction of a percent. Yeah, to get into the next and, bracket. And they didn't And they didn't change. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is just absolutely ridiculous to be giving some child 69.6 or something like that and it not going up to the next level. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they have this... You know? It's, it's, it's annoying beyond annoying because like you said bringing her up 
to the next grade would by the couple of marks she needed would have meant nothing to them, but it would have meant everything yeah. to her. Absolutely. In four in four papers this happened. Yeah. And she got one recheck that she was three percent off and was just one of her favourite subjects and she thought and that actually went up. Right. But Did. the ones that were closest didn't. And, you know, like the thing is, what you are talking about in a lot of these papers, it's grand when it's maths or something like that. The marking scheme, you know, it's your your sums are right or you're wrong. Kind yes, of. You know yes. what I mean? They're, they're much more black and white. But when you're looking like most of these, it's not that, say, if it's a 12 mark question, you can't get 11 out of 12. Mm. You know what I mean? You can get 12, 9, 6 and 3 or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the way they're marked. Yeah. You can't get the in-between marks. Yeah. And there would be so, a like number they, of key words yeah. or key answer, key something phrases like that they're that, looking you know for. I mean? Or yeah. something. Yes. Or, you know what I mean? Or somebody would think that, you know, it, it needs to jump. I suppose the, the difference in somebody's perception is three marks and not one mark or half a mark or you know what I mean something like that they can't give mm. they don't give fractions in between that yes which yes. again like you'd want to be a, I don't know it would be a full time job to actually work out yeah. well, well, I mean, as what the, happens I, and then you can't get the paper back for the recheck so you can't see what one that they thought was better or yeah. worse or the same or you know what I mean and, and marking schemes vary I mean if if you were listening to Dear Maj yesterday he said that yeah. they'll sit down now in two weeks he'll be part of it they'll sit down in two weeks to discuss a marking scheme for that maths paper last Friday then yeah. the first couple of hundred will be checked and when they come back, then it'll be double checked against the marking scheme. And if they think that there might be a, a problem with the grades or the grades will be down and the yeah. grades will be up, they'll adjust it again. Yeah. So marking schemes were, are, are designed to be adjustable. But in your daughter's case, yeah. those couple of measly points would have meant nothing to a marker or nothing to the State Examinations Commission, but it meant everything to yeah. her. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, it would be better to get 60 one than it would be to get 69.9 or 69.6 that kind of thing that is just the adjustments you you said as well they were never announced how they were calculated the the, the adjustments for the exactly they just that kind of thing if they did it on percentages if they gave you an extra 10% marks or something that that means all the higher the the better students got more benefit from those adjustments yeah yeah you thought it just a PR stunt you thought at the end of the day uh, it's just a PR. It was just to kind of make it look fair, but it actually could have made it, as I say, it it looks like it could have been biased towards the better students would have benefited more. How did she do afterwards? And she's grand. Like she's she didn't get the course she wanted. You okay. know what I mean? Obviously, that's why she was getting checked. If she had the course she wanted, she wouldn't have cared. You yeah, know what I mean? I but listen, as you say, it's early days on her road, and you know what I mean. If she's to take the seat. To where she wants to go. Yeah, she found something else to do, I assume, did she? You know, so she's in college, like kind of thing, and enjoying it, and you know, not doing the course she wants, but she'll, you know, she'll get. 
there's something for everybody and you know everybody finds their way eventually and she's yeah she's still talking to us anyway and (laughs) behaving herself (laughs) pretty much so uh we'll we'll go with that you know what i mean that's 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 word gold mary thank you 0818969696 as back with the christy dignam such a legend. There's a programme on RTE that's a sort of guilty pleasure of mine. It's called Keys to My Life. I've seen it. Good show. Christy featured in it a couple of years ago. It's on the player. A nice insight into his professional life, but especially into his personal life. He was charming in a genuine and real way. The music and the legend will live on. Sad news yesterday on such a beautiful sunny afternoon. That is from Maeve. Yeah, he also appeared with uh, Lucy Kennedy in Living with Lucy, and that was that was lovely. And they really bonded. They made a, Lucy was very upset yesterday. They really, they bonded in a friendship. Christy was into keeping pigeons. Uh, I remember a conversation one night at one of the gigs here in Cork, where someone, somebody was trying to buy a pigeon or had a problem with a pigeon, and knew that. Christy was into pigeons and they after the gig he sought this young fella out and they talked about pigeons for 10 minutes after the gig Christy what a legend we were lucky enough to see him live in the Highland in Newmarket oh help us where all the big bands played he was definitely one of the best performers and a great great guy he didn't care where you came from or what you had or what you didn't have he always made time for you a legend with such a fantastic voice, will be greatly missed. He will indeed. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Corks 96 FM's Week in Ibiza. Week in Ibiza. Listen to Win Your Way to the World's Most Famous Party Island. <laughs> party Island. <laughs> Just watch me dance. Seven nights at the Wiki Woo Hotel. Tickets to David Guetta, Joe Corey and Ocean Beach. Dinner at Cafe Mambo for the famous Habitha Sunset. And spending money. Spending money. Are you ready? Summertime. Oh yeah. Listening to Quirks 96 FM weekdays for the biggest hits of the White Isle. Then text or WhatsApp in for your chance to win. Win, win, win. Win your way to a week in a beta. Only on Quirks 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 0833 but the summer is with us and with us with a vengeance for at least another few days, which is it's fabulous to see as far as I'm concerned. 0818 96 96 96 is the number. End of an era. This message. God, I was down there. The HSE Vaccination Centre at North Main Street is closing tomorrow, June 15th. 
some of the staff in there were formerly in the COVID ICU in CUH at the height of the pandemic. They've seen all sides and it'll be an emotional moment when the shutters are pulled down for the last time. They're also saying to us that anyone who's over 70 or who's immunocompromised in any way who hasn't yet had their spring booster, you can get it. Tomorrow's the last chance to go in and to get it. It's still free. And thanks to all the City of Cork for their uptake of the vaccine and the laughs we had while giving it out. I remember visiting the vaccine centre at the City Hall at one point and doing a little package here for the show. And there was a great buzz, even though it was a very serious thing and all that. There was a great buzz down there and a great excitement at people getting. And at the time, everyone was so delighted to get the vaccine into their arms because, you know, we were all scared of this thing. Now we're living with it. Um, it's out there. People get it and they get knocked back by it for a couple of days or some people don't get knocked back by it at all. Some people, unfortunately, still get very sick, but thankfully they are few and far between, particularly if you're if you're vaccinated and your vaccines are up to date. But that centre on North Main Street closing tomorrow. Thank you for all you've done uh, to everyone down there. On travel, speaking with Owen Curry about the impact of strikes on, on your flight Kathleen has a worrying one. She says, a lot of people, including us, might have cruise connections next week. Yikes. I would advise, Kathleen, if you have, to ring your cruise company or ring your travel agent if you're using one and see what will happen if you are caught in the strike. But also, Owen was making the point very, very clearly that it's very few flights are actually being caught, particularly out of Cork. But thank you. Where am I going? Oh, yeah, John. Now, take me through this. You're having a problem with your property tax. You were paying it. You were paying it regularly. You thought you were anyway. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. What happened to you? PJ, I, uh, well, the, the, I had a bit of misfortune in uh, 1918. Uh, I, was, I separated. Right. And uh, I was living up near uh, Bishopstone in Ballinora. Right. So I... Uh, Came, I bought a, a small house below in Inchigile. Right. Uh, 120,000 or something. This is 2018, so, yeah. yeah. That was 2018. Now, right. uh, I got my property tax and I paid what I was paying in Ballinora because I, that's what I thought it would be. I, you know, I, I kept the same. I think it was around 225. Now, I was paying it below in the post office and I said for the first year... Of, there was a couple of years that I paid it by cash, right? right. And that seems to be very So hold on, you moved, you moved after you separated, you moved down to Inchigila. And yeah, I'm living on my own down there, right. yeah. And you were paying the property tax to the post office? Yeah, okay. paying it through the post office. Now okay. I have most of the receipts. But after the first year, uh, the second year I was there, they sent me out a bill saying that I wasn't paying my property tax. And uh, I told, I rang the number in Limerick and... Uh, I had a heated debate with a few of them, and then I met a lady uh, that was civil on the phone, and I was able to deal with her. You had and receipts, I, I, though, didn't you? I, I have most of the receipts, but I, I'd say I'm after misplacing one or two of them, but okay. that's neither here nor there. Anyway, I was uh, I paid away because I always paid property tax since mm. it came out, and... Uh, she said that what was after happening was that they were after putting my payment into 2017 and I wasn't in the house at all. Right. Uh, so, and I think that's the, the major problem here myself, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, uh, she sorted it out for me and she said that, that, that well, everything was okay. Right. 
So I and I have I have uh, still no stone in the forum from that and I was looking through it. So it went down then and I paid it. And uh, after about I think was it uh, was it last year or the year before? Uh, I got the same thing again. A letter in the door. You're in arrears with your property tax. Mm-hmm. So I said, here we go again. So I got on to this lady, and uh, she no, uh, it wasn't 100 percent civil the conversation because uh, I wasn't being listened to at all. Uh, they, they had their information in front of them. So I said, right, I, I have a, a, a receipt from the post office for the time that you are talking about. Yeah. So, so she, I have, I have to patch it through to, uh, to patch was the gentleman's name in revenue. So Patch told me that I owed him money, even though he said there's something strange with the account because there's credits flying over. Yeah. And how much? How much money were we talking about here, John? Uh, it was it started off yeah. around three hundred, right, as far as I can remember. No, PJ. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's for I got. I didn't. They, they sent me out. I your. I said to. I got onto someone then, and uh, I told him I was paying this money, and I said I'm not supposed to be paying that amount of money. Because yeah, you, 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 you had receipts, so there was proof that you were paying. There was this amount, and then when when did we get to the issue of deferrals? Then what what were they saying about deferrals? No, they they they, they gave me a bill uh, early uh, before Christmas. And uh, I was having trouble with a, a, a gully outside my uh, main gate where I go in, and the gully was blocked. It was blocked for six months when I got there, and it took the council six months to free it. Now, uh, mind you, I was there in Stamorphelia, and there was water. If you got out of the car to open the gate, you'd go up to your knees in water. Yeah, right? yeah. And I was at the McCroom uh, County Council. Sure. It took them six months to sure. free this. So I wouldn't pay the property tax for uh, this this time. Uh, so I said, I'm not holding. But they were already after sending me out a letter that my property tax was 96 euros. Now I was after getting that sorted. That was the number one band. Right, okay. So I, pay, I, I paid it there a couple of weeks ago. But in the meantime, when I wasn't paying it, I got another letter and my bill was 417 euros. Okay. And this so was I, for the, one year or for a number no, of years? No, no, that was outstanding. Outstanding, just, okay. And, like, I don't know where they're coming with the figures because the figures don't add up at all. They're, they're not mm-hmm. adding up to any bend or anything. Okay. okay. So I got on, I, I tried to get on and you couldn't get on to their headline. Okay. And, so and this, this, outstanding, this outstanding figure of 416, is that when they started talking about a deferral then, is it? 417, they, yeah, down at the bottom of the letter, I read the letter and they said, it's, it's no problem, we find that you're on the pension. Uh, no, they, they make that social welfare. I don't. I, it's a pension that I paid for all my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 72 years of age, so that was all right. Uh, I said, I, I, I won't even go there. So I said it to my daughter, one of the daughters, and she's my executor. Yes. So she says to me, Dad, you, you can't you can't do that. You have to get that sorted out because if you want to get any improvement in the house, you won't get it when she's an OT. And uh, so she, they'll do nothing for you while that's there. But says I, Sandra, I'm not paying it because I don't owe it. So this, this, well, you see, they just, they, they unfortunately believe that you do. This yeah. 416, and they've offered you a deferral on it. 417, but that's what they're interested in. They want, they, they, they'll charge you three percent per annum. But if I, if I pass away, then the trouble starts because I've been in contact with a couple of people and they said they had that issue. Yeah. What they do is they put you on deferral and when, when the person dies, That's right. uh, it's, way more than, it's way more than 3% of uh, charges. Uh, any outstanding, if, if somebody dies with, a, with an unpaid property tax bill, 
when the house is sorted or the estate is sorted, the revenue takes what's owed on property tax. That happens yeah. after somebody dies. Yeah, but I don't want to leave any debts after me. So, mm. And I don't owe the money. It's very different if I owe the money, but I know I don't. Like it, it, This has been started out. Uh, but, but the you, lady from Limerick yeah. started it out, the, and then Pat wouldn't. Uh, Pat said the, the, the revenue guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I've dealt with revenue before. And, 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 and tell me something, Pat or John, have they said to you, like, I assume you've asked them, would you mind telling me, if I owe this money, where does it come from? Why do I owe it? Well, you see, it's very hard to get on, on, on the phone from at RPG. I know. You know, it took me it took me two months. Uh, like, you know, I, I'm tipping away, doing a little bit for myself, and I don't have time every day to sit down, and, and I don't want to be sitting down talking to revenue or anything sure, like that. No, look, it's not, in the great scheme of things, it's it's not an enormous amount of money. But oh, no, it's, it's, not money. it's not an enormous amount. I could pay it in the morning if I wanted to, right. but I don't want to because I don't owe it. You, know? you see, unfortunately, unfortunately, what what you're doing here is you're 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 battling you're battling revenue, um, yeah, and they, yeah, I, I know and they and say you owe us. I said to your I said to your reps the other day when I contacted you. That's what I, exactly what I said to them. I I don't agree with revenue collecting property tax. And everybody that I talk to, you know, they should listen to the public. Like, they're not listening to the public at all. We've no say one way or the other, PJ. Yeah, well, uh, it's a tax, you see, and unfortunately, revenue... Revenue not the crowd to be dealing with all these pensioners. I don't care what anyone tells me. I've dealt with them. I had a business, and I, I, I dealt with them. And when, when the Celtic Tiger burst, they tried to take money off of me. They tried to take money off of us all. Yeah, you see, the problem is anything to do with tax. Anything to do with tax is revenue are going to deal with it. But the deferral, you don't want a deferral because you say you don't want the money. You don't owe the money, rather. I don't you, owe the money, you, you, but you, I don't want the deferral either. I don't, want to, I don't want something to happen to me and my kids having to come along and sort this thing out. I know. And, 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 and like, I, I, I lay out with them then as well. I won't pay it because I don't owe it. <laughs> you see, there's the thing. I think, and look, I'm not laughing at you. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing with you. You say that you, if you had to put your hands in it in the morning, you have it. You can give it to them. I, I give it to them in the morning. But, but, but you, I, believe, I, I, you believe that, that you, don't, you don't owe it. They say that you do owe it. Owe it. Yeah. I, I would suggest, if I was advising you, I would mm-hmm. suggest to ask them to prove in writing how that you do. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's the, the, the only way I can go. But yeah, I know. I, you say in your original message to us, you don't. You, you're giving up now. You don't know how way the country's being run. You're, you're. No, no. I, I, I we are disillusioned, and, and every all my friends are the same. You know, uh, like I, I, I'd say that COVID was all a con job. That's that's my that's my <laughs> that's my honest opinion of it. How are you making that out based because, on your property? Because like, I got the virus before COVID ever came, PJ. Right, and right, I, right. I was I was sick with it. I I I agree that I was sick yeah, there with was it. But there, well, there, there was something going around before the COVID was compared was declared. All right, but you're saying there's no decency. You believe that the the revenue wants this bill to mount up? Yeah, I I, I I'm kind of that they're way happier with the ferals because they can chance what they like when you're gone. This is, they, they won't have to argue with me if I'm down six feet under the ground. I know, but you, see, you, you could sort the whole thing out now by just giving them the money. I won't give them the money, PJ, when I don't owe them. I have receipts that I'm paying the, the property tax. Agreed. This thing has been going on since the day I moved into my house. What, what, uh, about, my, what about my suggestion that you get on to them and you say, lads, would you ever please prove to me how I owe you this money? Show me in writing how I owe you this money. 
Yeah, well, uh, I'll do that now, but I just want to say, I was like, yeah. you know, it's, it's something that we, we have a load of things cropping up. A lot, of, a lot of people are deferring, we know that. A lot of people mm-hmm. defer and then they pay it out, they sell the house and they pass on and it might be a couple of hundred, it might be a couple of thousand, it might be something, but if once the house can't be sold... If there that's, is an overhanging and, and, and that's, property tax, that's, that's my that's my uh, main argument. The house can't be sold. Well, it can as long as revenue get with the load first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if they're not owed, they'll get it. Or when the, the, sold, the when if, if yeah. the if the house is sold for argument's sake, a house is sold for two hundred thousand euro, mm-hmm. and revenue is owed five hundred. Well, they'll take that before anyone else yeah. sees a sniff of it. And you, 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 you can you think that that's okay? No, 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 no. Hold on, I don't. No, no, John, I didn't say that. I'm saying that's that's how it works. But what I'm, I'm, I would, what I would do in your position right now, yeah. What I would do in your position is they're insisting that you owe them four hundred and seventeen euro. You're insisting that you don't. You have receipts for the payment of your property. So what I would suggest, John would be that you get onto revenue and write to them and send them a registered letter yeah. and ask them, I refer to this, would you please show me in writing how I owe this money? Yeah. That's what I, I would suggest. That's what I'll do, so. Show, them, show you in writing how you owe it. Not tell you, see, telling you over the phone, well, we have a bill here in front of us, but yeah. you have receipts, you know. I mean, obviously, obviously the post office is sending the money through Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and you have receipts for that, so they are getting money. They say they that, that you owe them more, and they want you to do. They're they're inclined to offer a deferral now, but you say I don't owe it to you at all. If they were able to prove to you, John, if they were yeah. able to prove to you that you did owe it, would you? Oh pay yeah, it? I, I, if I owe money, I, I'll pay it I know. If I, to anyone. But uh, I don't want to owe money. <laughs> That's the thing, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're you're. you're Getting a bit convinced now that they just want there to be money on the house when you go. Well, uh, that's that's, uh, and it's not just my view. That's the view of a lot of people. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, I'd be I'd be in the, the loop going around and yeah. people people talk to each other still. Oh, sure, so, they do. They do. You know, they do. And uh, we, we, I, we, you we, see, I, I solved it at the start. I get mine taken out of my wages, so it's it. I don't yeah. even ever. You know, never see it, yeah. But uh, you know, as I was saying to, to, to your uh, the gentleman that was on Fair when I when I rang, uh, I told them that uh, the RP did a survey two weeks ago and they said that uh, the people don't want the general election. Everyone that I meet wants the general election, and we want it straight away. <laughs> and I told them that the RP must have did the survey, done, done the survey inside an RT or inside no, I, the dial. <laughs> I think I read that. Well, yeah, they don't want it anyway. I think I read that on the business post. All right, that people said they don't want it. <laughs> So you're not paying this? No, I, right. I, 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 I won't pay it because uh, unless they'll prove to me, and uh, I can't say how they'll prove it to me because I pay it every year. I pay religiously. I know, uh, the I know. things I pay religiously. I, I would suggest. I would, would. It would be what I would do now, mm-hmm. is I would be writing very nicely to revenue or getting and saying, look, do you know what? Here's 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 the deal. I owe you 416 euro. You say I owe you 417 euro. If you will show to me exactly how you arrived at that figure, I'll pay it. 
Yeah. I, 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 what, I, what I can't understand is this gentleman passed that they put me on to and he said there was something wrong yeah. but he didn't bother uh, yeah, he, investigating yeah, he was, Well he was just a, a man doing his job I suppose we can't be mentioning him too often by name but he was a man doing his job and he, he maybe he saw something that, maybe you could go down that road is there yeah, something yeah. is there something up do you know yeah, yeah. yeah well there's some, there must be something up but do you know I, I'll, I'll have a go at that anyway PJ thanks yeah. for me then yeah there's some there's a message coming in here yeah can you mention to people they can get their property tax deducted from any income even from a pension yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you see, I have, the, I have my uh, old age pension, but uh, I, unfortunately, I don't trust them anymore. You know, I, I, I pay every year, and uh, this has been going on since the, the second year that I was in the house. You I know, see. and I, like I have, uh, if I if a post office yeah. receipt isn't good enough for them, then yeah. What what sound? Know? Ah, with someone here, it, it, it's. I don't know where this thought is coming from, but it seems to me to have hit the target. It sounds like the house has been re-banded. You know, the way they changed all the bands. It oh. sounds like the house has been re-banded and the shortfall is between the old band Yeah, and the maybe so. That's yeah, from yeah. Kevin. So, Kevin, like, my house, for example, was, was re-banded in the last change and mm-hmm. I think my property tax went up by about 60 quid uh, the last time. But it, it all goes out of my wages, so I don't know. I think that's what Kevin's right my, here. My my one went the opposite way, PJ. Uh, I was paying the high bend, the number two or three, right. in, uh, where and I was before. Down. And it went down. I'm only in bend number one now because I had to buy a, a small house cheap. I know what you mean. And, I know what you mean. And, you know, they, they, they did bring it down now, in fairness. Yeah. The, the last bill that I got from him was six, uh, 96 euros, and that's been number one. I see. So I paid it. I see, I see. You but know? you're still wondering where this 417 is coming from. Kevin reckons that if you went it, got it traced, you'll trace it back to the changing of the bands. John, I wish you well with it. I wish you well. Thank you very much. 0818 96 96 96. Yes, you can have your... Property tax deducted from any kind of income, even a pension, and it's on the payslip and uh, and the whole thing, if anyone has any. But the deferral thing is happening wholesale. You get a couple of hundred quid owed in property tax. And I think it's happening a lot since they changed the bans because some people didn't do the change and some people's houses are worth more than they thought and they're getting the tax. And they're, put, and they're deferring it and deferring it and deferring it and of course when they die then and the house is sold on or whatever happens with the house revenue revenue always get their money revenue always get their money that's revenue always get their money if you overpay them thanks John have a good day if you overpay them they will give it back to you if you can prove that they over that you overpaid them they will give it back to you but I would certainly not. yeah I think that's a good idea from Kevin it seems to have come from the changing of the bands. But John should get onto revenue now and ask them to show them how he owes that money. And that might just solve his problem. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. You guys ready? 
Drive Home, weekdays from four. On Cork's 96FM. This week on the show, your chance to win the party holiday of a lifetime. Cork's 96FM's Week in Ibiza. You and a friend could be hanging out with this guy. Hi, this is David Gitter. And this guy. Yo, what's up? This is Joel Curry. In guaranteed sunshine. And your daily hit from the White Isle is guaranteed to play every evening on the big drive home. When you hear it, get ready to text or WhatsApp in to win. Make sure you're with me every weekday from four. The Big Drive Home. With Independence Music and Arts Festival. Magic and memories at Indie 23. Tickets at independencefestival.com. Cork's 96 FM. We devoted our first hour this morning to remembering the late, great Christy Dignam, who passed away yesterday at the age of 63. Um... And still the messages are coming in from people who knew him, who loved him, who met him, who just saw him gigging, of people who supported them. Jean Russell from the Douglas School of Motoring. Jean, I knew you had a, a musical background, my man. I didn't realise you were part of Bell. You were that Jean Russell, part of Belsonic Sound. Morning. Correct. Yes, hello, hello, PJ. How oh, you yeah, fella. God, I, I knew Belsonic yeah. Sound, but I, I, and I knew there was... Christ, that, that's, you're taking me back now, lad. You well, supported them. Yeah, I remember that was just about when they were making their first album. They had everything going for them. They were doing a big gig in the City Hall in Cork. It was a big student night, and they asked us to come in and support. Mm. And uh, we did, and the, the boys, they were fantastic. They gave us the full run of stage, lights, PA, the whole lot. Mm. I remember Christy and Tony, the bass player, came around the side. They were looking at us and saying, Ah, Jesus, lads, we had to come and see this band. And they asked us into the dressing room after we had a few drinks and a few chats with them. And they were just about to go massive in the States. They had everything going. You had new tool vibe. You had to push on with the record label. They had the image. They had the gear. They had the songs. They had the front man. I couldn't envy them because they had everything. Yeah. They were the perfect band at that time. But they went to the States and unfortunately things changed. Uh, it's same with Tim Lizzie. That's what happened to Leonard as well. They went to the States and got involved in things they shouldn't have. Yeah. And uh, it, the whole thing fell apart. And I remember after it fell apart, the, he was with Dignam and Goff. That's right. That's Goff, right. He used to play down in Cork on a regular basis. Nancy Spence. there Saturday night, Sunday morning. And it was acoustic thing. And I used to go down every Sunday morning when he was there. And uh, he'd be playing away. And I used to sit with his wife, a lovely woman. Yeah. As well, you know, they're beautiful people, and they must say, like, uh, very good experience with them. Now, I have some other friends who are very good friends with them, and they're devastated. Yeah. And uh, he was a true artist, a true genius, ordinary as everyone is saying on the radio. Yeah, what even and even back then in the eighties, like we were talking about the eighties, now there was that mystique about him up front. And I've said this, I said it this morning, and I I'll say it again. I saw, I was one of the people who managed to see. Queen at Slane and, and yeah. Freddie Mercury was the greatest frontman that ever trod a stage and for me Christy Dignam was next he was unreal yeah an amazing frontman he had the image he had the passion the spirit the lyrics the songs and I give Tony credit and the other band guys in the band that wrote the songs with him as well mm-hmm. but they just worked so beautifully together they did such a shame man I, I, I loved him and they had amazing live performers great songs great yeah. writers great memories and it was a pleasure to have met him and to be invited yeah. on stage and play, support him. And we did one or two other with him as well. Brilliant, but, uh, brilliant. And phenomenal, phenomenal kindness as well. I'll always remember because once he, I introduced him to my James back in, I'd say, 2018 or that way. And every call and every time I'd work with him afterwards, how's the umfla? How's the umfla? Yeah, that kind of guy. He'd always ask who you are. 
or who's what's happening. He's concerned. He was an ordinary guy, fantastic. I couldn't say any more about him, but a sad day indeed. indeed. I think Ireland has lost a bit. Yeah, you know, but I, he'll definitely live on forever. The, the songs and performances, right up to the end, start to finish, he was just dedicated performer and a natural performer and a natural genius. When was the last time you saw him playing live? Ooh, ooh, that's an unusual one. Got me there a long time ago. He played in the bars club recently, and I was supposed he to. He did. He did. They had a big top down there. Yeah, and I missed it. I missed it. That was my plan to go down and I was out at range was to meet the guy and have a chat but uh, mm. you know he wasn't that well at the time. That's right. That's right. So, um, I think that, that might there. have been his last Cork gig. It might have been. I wouldn't be yeah I would have been I'd say. Yeah. yeah. I think. Uh, but he Mar- played many times in the City Hall there in the Opera House as well. Marquee in 2019 was probably the best I ever saw oh. perform in Cork. Absolutely. Every time he played it was never bad. Yeah. Never bad. All he right. never did a bad gig. Mm. No, he didn't. Fantastic. He did even and and you know even even in the bad old days when whatever he was sniffing or smoking or injecting, <laughs> he was high as a kite on it. He was still bloody marvelous on stage. Oh, he was incredible. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, I just wanted to pay a tribute to him and just say, uh, you know, yeah. uh, he was always a, a genius in my eyes. Uh, Absolute total genius. Thank you, Gene. Thank you. And great memories of Bell Sonic Sound as well. I used to like them. God, they were great. I mean, I, I'm sure buried somewhere upstairs. Is a Bell Sonic sound record or tape? Remember tapes? I see tapes are back again now. I don't have another bit of Christy Dignam to play just now. Um, there's a big gig tonight, and I'm coming under pressure to play some Paolo Nottini. There's a small Nottini from behind the glass, or rather a tall Nottini from behind the glass going to see Paolo tonight, and I'm under some pressure. We'll see, we'll see. I will, of course I will. But for now... I might have something to give you. Win your way to a week in Ibiza. Week in Ibiza. <laughs> Just watch me dance. Only on Cork's 96FM. Yep, Joel Curry, Head and Heart, that's our song today. And your chance to win the party holiday of a lifetime on the White Isle. Seven nights staying at the WikiWoo Hotel in September. Tickets to David Guetta at Ushaya. Joel Curry at Ibiza Rocks the Ocean Beach pool party dinner at Cafe Mambo to see that sunset spending money flights there flights home you're just listening for the daily hit from the White Isle and then you're getting on to us to see can you get into the draw we're off to East Cork to Cloyne Sharon oh my god I can't believe it (laughs) (laughs) I just I'm shocked well, all, um, I, all, I, all I can do is get you into the draw yes, today. Yes, have, have yes, you, yes. Have you ever been? I've never been, no, I haven't. But I'm just thinking of my nephew who would absolutely love to go with me. So, um, yeah, it'd be amazing. You bring him for his 21st, they're telling me. Yes, exactly. I'm not going to say who he is yet, just in case it doesn't work out. Okay, okay. That'd be amazing. <laughs> all right, well, we can actually get you halfway. Because you're in the draw, at least. Super. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks so much. Okay, and stay tuned. And, you know, fingers crossed. It's September. You could could make time like, could you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'd make it work. (laughs) All right, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. In Cloyne, our latest qualifier for our week in Ibiza competition. You are listening again later today for another blast of this song. 
Perry. Simon will play it at some stage later this afternoon and then it's your next opportunity to win your place of the draw in Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Give away all this week tickets for the new season at the Everyman and send you to dinner as well. I'm asking you to guess who this is. And she was on the show yesterday. There's a big fat hint for you. Anyone is feeling anxious or worried or even if you just want to chat, please, please do not come crying to me. Her car- her name now, not the character's name. Anyone is feeling anxious or worried or even if you just want to chat, please, please do not come crying to me. All right, we'll give a chance today to win tickets to see Potted Potter. Four tickets for Potted Potter and a pre-show brunch at Greenwich. Thanks to our friends at the Everyman. Now, Jackie, a memory of Christy Dignam to treasure. Jackie, yeah. morning. how are you? Good morning, PJ. Yeah, um, it was. It was actually our wedding day, and we stayed in the Metropole that night, and when we went in, we put the bags away, and it was that we went down to the residence bar, and Christy and the whole lot were there. Mm. And Jesus, we had a great night, but it was an unmerciful session in the re- residence bar. There was no going to bed, you know what I mean? <laughs> I remember the residence bar in the Metropolitan. Right? Yeah, and oh my God, they, they were so nice. They wouldn't leave us with our hands in our pockets for a drink. And um, uh, he actually sang Grace to us. Like, he sang Grace? You know? he, he, yeah. he was doing it that far. I've heard him do it, but he was doing it that far back. Yeah, that was in 1991. Yeah, it was just, and the way he sang it, oh my God, talk about bringing tears to your eyes, like, yeah, he it never he so never beautiful. recorded it. Ross George recorded a gorgeous version of Great Yeah, but and Christy it was just a cappella, no music, just yeah. sang it. We had a massive sing song there that night. Fantastic. You know, and it's just a lovely memory to have him. He was a lovely guy, and you know, all the lads in the band are lovely, you know what I mean? But yeah. he was a lovely guy. He was, he was. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's just... I'm laughing there, Eugene Russell on there. Jeez, I grew up with Gene. He used to hang around with my younger brother. <laughs> the world is only a village, Jackie, oh, to yeah. be fair. I'm like. telling you, yeah. I, I remember Belsonic sound, God almighty, I remember them well. <laughs> yeah. I know, I, I t- and Aiden, my ex-husband Aiden, you know. Aiden, I do, of course. Yeah. Himself and Christy were great friends. I see. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they were great buddies. Ah, crikey. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yes. Yeah, through the addiction services and things of that like. You know, they were just great, great friends. Ah, brilliant, brilliant. Jackie, I'm thinking of you today uh, because he touched the hearts of so many people and he didn't just meet you or be introduced to you or talk to you. You know, to meet Christy was to, to touch hearts with him. He was such a... Such a gorgeous fella. He was such a lovely, lovely guy. Um, that whole first hour, we'll podcast it later on, of our tribute to him. We played back the last interview he did on this show, which was in, in 2019. There's a lovely memory from Jackie. Somebody else mentioned as well meeting him uh, at a night. Uh, they came back after a wedding and there he was. And again, they weren't allowed to put their hands in their pockets. I remember in the INEC, years ago we saw him in the INEC, um, and they were back in the residence bar afterwards. He was gone to bed because his health wasn't great, but the other lads came back into the bar and had a sing-song. And I remember tw- tweeting the following morning, and I won't say where I was supposed to stay, uh, I remember tweeting the following morning, you know, it's been one of those nights when you're last out of the residence bar and it's not even your hotel. 
Right, to the everyman. Anyone is feeling anxious or worried, or even if you just want to chat, please, please do not come crying to me. Katie. Hello, how are you? How are you? Who is this? It's um, Siobhan Max, 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 what's her face? Max Sweeney. Max Sweeney. Yeah, and Sister saying. Michael. <laughs> Sister Michael, yeah. That's uh, a very good show. Marvellous. Well, we, we'll be sending you off to Potted Potter, four of you, and we'll send you for food as well oh during God. the Everyman season. Thanks, I'm delighted. I'll bring the girls. I'm here with my friend Siobhan. We're eating at the Hawthorn, sitting out at the sun. You know what? You could do an awful lot worse for yourself, couldn't oh, you? Oh, we could be anywhere. <laughs> All right, enjoy. Enjoy the grub with the girls and look forward to Potted Potter. Katie Rowland from The Lock. Our latest winner with the Everyman. Another one tomorrow. What have we got tomorrow? Let me just look this up here in front of me. Tomorrow, two tickets to Bridesmaids and a pre-show meal at the Moody Café Vin. And on Friday, tickets to Tom Crean, Antarctic Explorer and pre-show meal at DeMerco. So loads to get away yet before now the end of the week with the Everyman. Now, <clears throat> thousands of Cork women and maybe a few men will be descending on Musgrave Park this evening to listen to Paolo Nottini Mr. Nottini I mean like Scottish with a name like Nottini but actually Scotland turns them out with strange names doesn't it there's Nottini and there's Capaldi and all them but by popular demand by popular demand in other words the editor insisted here's Paolo there was uh, somebody's first dance song at their wedding We'll say no more now, but she's not very far away from me here. Right, before we go, and we've had this, I remember how this exploded on social media, and I mean exploded. It was just a moment on the Late Late Show where Christy Dignam and Finbar Fury were on the show together. And Christy had been learning this song, and of course Finbar had a number one with this song and Brian Troberty sort of said that's will you give it a lash and it went on to I don't know five million hits on on social and I played a little clip of it when he did it at the Marquee in 2019 his his voice on this song but we just decided for the day that's in it and the moment that's in it and the man that he was let's finish out the show with this from the Late Late Show Two legends, one of them now sadly no longer with us. This is Finbar Fury and Christy Dignam together. Play the flowers of the forest. Hey, Vegla, hey down, Rish. Christy Dignam plays us out with Finbar Fury. That's it, I'm gone. That That's done me. Thank you, Emer. You've just reduced me to a blubbering mass. We'll see you tomorrow just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96FM. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.